everybody. My name is Natasha Shorts, and you're listening to Noted by Natasha and Chris. So though I've been out of college for five years now, as I continue to work with college students, I'm amazed at how little we as a society inform them about the real world. So on this podcast episode, that is exactly what we're going to do. We're going to talk about the real when it comes to life after college. And I cannot think of a better friend to do this with other than the homie, the writer guy from college, my wonderful friend, Miss Kim Barker, a.k.a. Kim, Kimberly and Possible. That's what I call it. <laughs> so what's going on, Kim? How are you doing? Hey, thanks so much for having me. Uh, this is kind of just a really surreal experience because secretly I've always wanted to record a podcast. And I think oh. that recording with you for the first time is really going to be just significant down the road. So. Thanks for having me. This is really fun. Before we even jump into these different um, topics that we're going to talk about today, I would love if you could introduce yourself. So tell the listening audience like who you are. You can talk about the passions you have, what brings joy to your life, and lastly, what you do. Yeah, um, I actually loved when you asked me to do this because I feel like when a lot of people first are asked to introduce themselves, they go straight to where they're from, their job, and their age, and they kind of lead those to define them. And so when you kind of ask to talk about passion first, I really love that because I think especially being out of college now, I think you learn so much more about your passions when you are actually living life. And a couple things that I have just really grown in passionate, first and foremost is my faith. Uh, That is something that I really, and that's a topic we're gonna talk about is how much you need God outside of college. You need it more than ever. And that's been something during this time I've really been able to grow and passionate about um, and continue just to grow in wisdom as well. Um, I've also been really passionate about exercising and moving my body. And I think being a former college athlete, you know, the passion is in the game. And I think my passion for so long was physically playing the sport. And now that I'm not playing the sport anymore, I'm appreciating the work that I put in. And so I think just being able to really be intentional about moving my body and finding some cool classes I've been passionate about. I've been loving kickboxing and Pilates, which are things I never thought I would do. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but quarantine will bring some fun things into your life. If I'm right. telling you. And then also just, you know, passionate about uh, relationships in my life, friends and family. I've got two adorable little nephews that I love. Um, you know, my sister and my brother-in-law, I haven't seen them in two months. And so it's been tough, but you know, we've been connecting through social media and through technology and stuff, but also my other friends, like you guys, um, just being able to talk with you guys and having those people in your corner along your way. Um, passionate joy, I think stems from your passions, um, which I love as well. And one thing I've really been doing a lot is, uh, focusing on the fruit. That was kind of a sermon I heard a couple weeks ago. And I think that really has allowed me to see the joy kind of in the little things throughout quarantine. Um, and finally, what I do, we'll keep it basic. I'm an elementary school teacher. I teach fifth grade math and science. I love it. Um, that's also another passion. I love teaching kids. Um, not necessarily all straight instruction, but I love being a part of their life in a positive way. And that's something that has really just been revealed to me during this time as well. Um, so teaching elementary, and then I coach high school volleyball. So. Yes, Still keeping that passion of volleyball in my life. 
So everyone, if you haven't noticed already, uh, we actually met in college on the volleyball team together. And it was a like freshman year. And I actually had switched friend groups. I was with a friend group that was all living in my, in my dorm <laughs> in Hampton Dorm. And after one interaction, I was like, oh, no, nah, this ain't my group. And, then <laughs> and I went over to the other dorm to the other freshman girls one time. And then somehow we just all clicked. And so we became the Taylor gang for like a good freshman year. <laughs> but then after, <laughs> I just stuck more yeah. like me. Kim continue to connect throughout the years and so it's been yeah fun to have you as a friend and even just see how you're growing and stuff and whatnot in all areas of your life but with that that kind of just transitions us really well into the reality of what happens after you graduate so let's talk about the seven things they don't tell you before you graduate all right so the first one is it will be hard and that's normal oh child <laughs> why why did we pick this is really the first one and then i was telling this to my roommate naomi she was like that's one through seven like that's all of it but why do you think it's important for people who have just graduated college to know that it will be hard life will be hard and that's i think first and foremost because you're going to be pushed out of your comfort zone and i think so much of when we're growing up and even in college there are it's comfortable because you either have your family there with you or you get a strong community in college that's there with you or you're part of an organization that you feel dedicated to mm -hmm. and when you graduate you kind of just are a little bit on your own and it is going to be hard and i think that understanding and accepting that is kind of what's going to help you to be able to push through it oh yeah i think that was the main thing like no one ever really share that i mean like my parents my dad has always said like you know life is hard and blah 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 blah. but to some extent there has been a shielding of that hardness right even just the reality that like you go from you go from um, preschool to kindergarten kindergarten to first grade all the way through like you always know what you're doing you've always had like this set everything and now all of a sudden it's like wait i have to choose wait i have to apply for what wait people may not like me like oh this like or this is so many layers um, even just the, the fact that we were going to make this a point where we decided to put this just as a part of the first point is that no one actually knows how to be an adult. Like that was such a freeing thing to learn that like life is hard and really everyone's still trying to figure it out at 25, at 30, at 35, at 40, at 50. It's just like life is always throwing things at you. And college is not a place that you're supposed to necessarily figure out all those things. It's just a place for you to mature a bit <laughs> and to prepare you for the hot mess that is the world. Exactly. And I love how you said, you know, from preschool up through your senior college, I mean, you know what's coming next. And I think, like I said, that's a comfort thing for people is it's like, they don't have to worry. They don't have to think really. It's just, okay, I'm going to the next grade. Here we go. And when you do graduate, everybody needs to understand that your path is different than other people too and it's like you need to try to not look at somebody and be like okay well they went straight into this well that not might, that might not be what you're going to do and i think knowing it's going to be hard but also knowing your path is going to look different than other people's yeah. is going to kind of help with that too yeah even recognizing that everyone's heart is different like so not only your path looks different but it's going to be hard for them too because i always like I was going to look at other people of like, oh my gosh, if I would have just been married at this age, I would have had a kid by here and they've been so perfect and Instagram worthy, or if I would have just had my job at this part and did it this way. It's like, 
all those things are hard. Like no matter no matter what side of the grass you're on, whatever side you think is green, and you step over there and it's rock. Like all of the all of the paths are hard in some capacity. It's like where has God led you to be at, and where is He calling you to, mm. to walk in? Like that's what makes the big difference. I love that. That's so true. Yes. Okay. So let's move on to number two. Number two is one of my favorites. <laughs> Because I am in the middle of almost being done paying off my student loans. So number two, student loan debt. Don't put it off. This is something that people, the people are saying a lot more now. But unfortunately, we are the generation with the most student loan debt, right? When I say generation, I mean the generation, uh, what are we generation? We're millennials and then under it's generation Z and QYX, whatever. Like our generation under, we're the ones that have all this debt. And it's not like um, people were doing it out of, uh, when I say people, I'm thinking of like family and friends and they weren't trying to purposely like get us into debt and like do all this stuff. It's like our parents or whatever and their parents, they had a better, like they had less debt than we did. And so they're like, oh, I paid it off. Well, some of them are still paying it off, but like they, they had a different amount. And so for them, it's like, that's just how we did it. For us, it's totally different, and it's a hot mess. And so for me, I wish so badly I would have started as soon as I got out of college, like as soon as I got out of college, because I could have been done by now. I had about 32000 around that, roughly what I had um, of loans, and comparatively to everyone else, it's nothing. And so I kept thinking, oh, compared to my friends, like that's nothing, so I shouldn't have to worry. Then minimum payments do nothing. They do absolutely nothing, especially because they want you to do all the little like, oh, pay as you go, like and pay pay um towards your um what is what is it called like pay towards uh pay by oh, however however much you make, and so it's like that's not actually helpful, yeah. you know. And so now being in the middle of like pay, almost paying them off, and like it's been almost three, it's gonna be about three years altogether. I'm like, I've been out of school for five years. I could be done with this two years ago. I'm like, okay, I'm sorry, I'm doing my little rant. What are you thinking, Kim? <laughs> no, it's so true. And I mean, I started right out. As soon as my first payment came, I think in November, mm -hmm. um, that's when I started. And I actually started making double payments. Um, mm -hmm. And of course, that's, you know, I did move back home, which is kind of another one we'll talk about. But I just really kind of looked at the situation. And my mom is such a financial, like, she's like, you need to do it. And I'm like, why? And, you know, mm -hmm. she's just like, really teaching me like, okay, you need to just get it done and move on. Like she's somebody that she would rather get it paid off and done. So you're not worrying about it. You're always going to have debt. And I think that was something understanding too, but don't let it get to a point where it's consuming you and making you be anxious about it. The other thing that I think it's so important to get it paid off when you can is because of the hidden interest. And that's something that they don't explain to you. And I feel like I've even talked to some people that have deferred loans for a couple mm -hmm. years and put it off, put it off, put it off. Mm -hmm. And then when they finally get to the point where they're making it and they think that they're actually getting a lot accomplished and then they see all that hidden interest, that added yeah. interest. And they're like, where did that come from? Exactly. And it's like, you know, student loan interest is so high and they don't tell you that upfront. It's not no. like, okay, well, you're going to have this added amount at the mm -hmm. end, but mm -hmm. it is and it's tricky. So mm -hmm. yeah. So do whatever you can to literally pay those off. I know everyone's at different economic, uh, socioeconomic status. And so I don't want you to think that if you are truly struggling, like, yes, we are trusting um, that God will be able to provide for you first in the basic needs. Like go after your basic needs first of like food, water, clothing, shelter, like those things first or whatever, before you go after de debt. But if you have all that, go after your debt. I went from, what was it? So technically all together nine to like, I have two and a half left. And like literely debt free, frees you up that like 
however much I have to pay to that each month. And really, I'm paying a lot more to it because of um, we're, me, me and Kim were going to say we're in the privilege standpoints right now of not having to, we're not sick and we're not, um, our jobs or whatever are still secure at the moment. And so we're, we don't have to worry as much as other people do. So it's like a lot of saving is happening right now, but I can't save most of that because a lot of it has to go towards loans. And so just imagine like all that money that's going towards those student loans right now could be going towards things of like my future, you know? And so just like the reality of like, okay, do, do, we, do you want in some time in your future to go to grad school again, like with no loans, to pay them off, like pay, pay off school automatically? Do you want to be able to pay, let's pay a cash for a car. Do you want to live life in such a way that it doesn't have to be around like, all this debt that's like hanging on you. Like, so there's so many different people you can look into for that. There's like, um, I know Dave Ramsey's a big person or whatever, but there's whoever, it does not matter. Find somebody, <laughs> find someone that's great for you. The budgetista is really great as well. Like find someone that will, um, that will help you. Cause I love how Kim, you've been blessed with a mom who's like a financial beast. And she's like, no, nah, you're going to pay this off. <laughs> like you won't get this done. So we are going to be y'all mamas. Okay. Tell you, no, boo, you won't pay this off. You won't get this done, okay? We'll let you go till November because, you know, we're all struggling right now mentally, physically, spiritually, traumatic with, with everything. But we're going to trust and believe that when it's the right time, you will pay those things off. I just got really hyped. That's just, ugh, I can't stand that. Okay, so number three, don't expect your dream job. Tell us about that, Kim. Tell us about what was your dream job coming out of college and then what did you end up getting instead? <laughs> Yeah, I I think definitely, and I think a lot of seniors in college can relate to this, when you are in kind of that final internship or that final student teaching or whatever your career path or your major is asking of you, I think when you're in that, that's what you want. Yeah. And so when I was student teaching my senior year, I mean, I was in the ideal district, the ideal grade classroom, like I was loving everything about it because what I realized a little bit later is that I was comfortable with it. You know, mm -hmm. I got to know the people. I wasn't really fully in charge, but I still mm -hmm. played a big part in it. I was in a comfortable area. I knew where I was. I knew people. I knew the college. Like, everything was so comfortable about it. And I think that's why I desired it to be my dream job, because it wasn't going to be a big transition for me. And I think a lot of people, too, get this big expectation in their head of, like, when they graduate, they've got to go directly in their path or they've got to be like I don't know I'm thinking like business-wise they've got to move to a big city and start working and grinding 100% and it's like that's not always going to be the option and so I think one hard realization I had to learn was that I've got to be open to opportunity and I might not get the dream job that I had and I didn't and it was very difficult because I think for so long I was just like okay, I'm in education, I'm going to be a teacher. Like, there's no ifs, ands, or buts. Like, that's what it's going to be. I'm going to go in, be a full-time teacher, and that's it. And, you know, God completely changed that. And I think it was because I prayed a lot about it. And this is a question, too, I think I'll kind of add in here. Whenever I've talked to younger women, or I've even heard this a lot in a community that I'm in, so many of them are asking, how do you know? How do you know? what job to pick? How do you know what path you're going to go down? And what I always encourage them first is to pray about it. And honestly, when I prayed about it, I didn't pray specifics. And I think sometimes it's good to be specific in your prayers. And sometimes it's good to be open-ended because you're also showing God like, Hey, 
I'm giving you this opportunity. I'm giving it to you. And I want you to, to show me that you're going to provide. Mm-hmm. And that's exactly what happened to me because I started praying about it in January. And all I prayed fervently about was an opportunity for a job. Mm-hmm. I didn't say teaching. I didn't say in this district. I didn't say this grade. And it was crazy because right after I graduated, I was literally getting ready to get on a plane to go to Boston. And the day before I got a phone call from a school district and said, we want you to come in and interview. Mm. And I said, well, what's the position? And they said, we don't know. And I was (laughs) like, how do you not know like what you're interviewing me for? Like, this is crazy. So I was thinking in my head, I'm like, okay, well, this is an opportunity for a job. I'll go for it. And they asked me to be the athletic director of Mm. the high school and middle school and do part in teaching. So, which is a plate pool. And I kind of was like, like, what does an athletic director do? I didn't even know. I was like, this is crazy. But the fact that it was an opportunity directly to me in an area I was comfortable with being back in my hometown, I kind of was just like, this I, I makes sense now, you know, just kind of really thinking about it. And when I accepted that job, it was a lot of just a release because I was so I'm such a planner. And I think I didn't have my life planned out. And mm-hmm. that stressed me out. I didn't know what was next. And I think too, that was kind of God saying, okay, I know you like to plan. Here's your plan. <laughs> it's not what you want, but I'm going to give it to you. And I love that. And so I think really just recognizing that you might not. And some people do get their dream job. And obviously everybody's different. But I think first and foremost, recognizing that you might not get the job you always expected to start, but it can lead you to the job that you want. Because now I'm in a job that I imagined when I graduated college and it took me two years to get there. But I followed the path. So. That's so good. So I want to click down a little bit on something that you said of like, so you were, when you, when you accepted the job, it still felt comfortable in the sense of like, oh, it was a, your hometown, it was a place you grew up at and everything. But was the job specifically a comfort zone for you? Yeah, that's, no, that's good. Uh, No, it wasn't. And I think that was um, kind of the journey in it because that was, and I feel like those are the moments too, where you really know that God is providing because he provided the environment, but the job was the challenge. And so being able to go back in an area where I was able to get support, I was able to gain community and I was able to have people to help me along the way in a job that he knew was going to be challenging for me. Mm-hmm. And it definitely grew me totally in different ways than I ever expected. And it wasn't easy at all. Mm-hmm. It really was not. I think that's really good to to focus on because like I think a lot of times, especially from the American context, we are like, we gotta get out of our comfort zone. We gotta get out of our comfort zone. And yes, we definitely do in a lot of ways, but just because something is comfortable doesn't mean that it's necessarily your comfort zone. You know, just because like because I know for myself, I'm like, oh that feels that's something I want to do or that's actually a great opportunity that I kind of feel like God's called me to. But wait, it feels nice. It feels good. And it's like, no, there's gonna be challenges. Don't don't worry about that. Like there will be challenges. <laughs> that will come because it has to be growth. 
But I love how God just set it up of like, I'm, I'm giving you an entire environment that you can grow in. And so that may not be everyone else's story, but it's just encouraging for your story and other stories that people are going to have. Like, yeah, like you have, you may be placed in a place that like, it's not the job that you first desired or wanted, but look around you and see if that environment is speaking of God's love for you. If that environment is showing that even if like no one else is a believer, but like there is an opportunity for you to share the gospel or if, um, or if it's an opportunity for you to be able to serve others well or to be able to be a light, whatever that looks like. Um, that might be that environment, might be a place where God's um, leading you, even if the job is uncomfortable. But no, that's really good. I think something else we have to focus on too, which again, shout out to Naomi, roommate. Uh, she, I was talking about this podcast with her. Almost got her on the call, but she was like, nah, she ain't ready. But just talking about how like, it's okay to work outside of your major. That is me. Mm. <laughs> like I majored in journalism and media communications and I, my job is not necessarily journalism or media communications. It's slowly becoming that. But in, first off, it's basically just missionary. You know, it's like, yes, the things that I've learned from school, I used to be like, oh, I didn't get nothing from school. No, that's a lie. God did set it up of like the things that I learned from my class, from the classroom, like I'm able to use in ministry, able to use to reach others. But it's not what I signed up. I didn't go to school for missionary work, which apparently there is schools you can go to that for. I'm like, but I clearly don't think God, that's, that was my calling um, to go to school for that at least. Um, but like realizing that that's okay. Like just because you spent X amount of money on school to, to go be this person, that may not be where God's calling you. That may have just been where he needed mm -hmm. to grow you and to work with you. Or even, you might even been a little bit disobedient and did something you weren't supposed to do in the first place. But for the most of us, like most people are not working in their field, like working in their major. Like a lot of people are working outside their major and those are just skills that you learn in that. And so um, I love, again, how Naomi said, like, there is no allegiance to your major. All that major stuff mm -hmm. is done when you graduate. It's cool, like, oh, I majored in that too, but then you end up, you're both doing different things. Like, um, I just love when I get to have friends and stuff who are journalism majors, or who were journalism majors, and who love it. Because I'm like, great, I don't. <laughs> like, I love certain aspects of it. For example, like, our, my major also included broadcasting, whatever, so like, this type of stuff, yes. And like, even just with this podcast, like, I, like some of the the techniques and stuff we need for this, I learned in school. Some of the editing stuff I learned in school, but that isn't necessarily my job yet. Uh, so just the reality that like your major may not come, may not be um, and come in handy necessarily go straight into the first job that you go into, but that's not bad. And the reality is like, you may end up needing to flip some burgers. You may end up needing to work at a daycare. You may end up needing to do other stuff until you can get that other job. Like, there's no shame in that. That is normal. That is okay. Like, you made, like, a summer job, whatever you need, or even extend it to be a little bit longer. That's fine. Because for me, I know for my job, I had to raise funds or whatever for mine. And so I was working at my aunt's daycare in, um, in, the, in between. And I was like, I can't do this. Like, I'm not made for this. Like, I've been doing it for years. I was like, no, I am not going to be this person that works here full time because some people are truly made and can do it well. I'm not that. And so I'm like, oh, no, I need to be on campus. I need to push. It's that, for, that pushed me to really go after raising funds so I could be able to do that work full time. Maybe you will need that job just to get, be a kick in the pants to get to where you want to go. But it's okay to not have mm. your job. It's like your dream job honestly changes too. It really is kind of overrated. Like, oh yeah, I want to do this since I was a little kid. That's very few people and very few people actually wanting to do that. Like actually end up doing exactly what they dreamed about. And even then it still, it still changes as they keep dreaming. Anything else that comes to mind when you think of being okay with working, um, with not having a dream job or not expecting a dream job? Yeah. And I love, I love how they're getting, the listeners are getting different perspective too, because 
just like you said, I mean, mine was a little more in my path. Like I was still in the school, like in education, but you completely were taking a different route. And I think really what comes to mind, and I still keep thinking of the question in my head when people ask, well, how do you know? And I think one thing that really comes to me, and I feel like it's been evident in both of our journeys, is Psalm 37, 4, which says, delight yourself in the Lord, and he will give you the desires of your heart. And I feel like we both had the desire deep down to pursue our degree, but God has taken us both in a different direction, but now he's revealing that desire a little bit more in a different way than we expected. Yeah. So my desire has always been teaching and mm-hmm. I've been able to experience that in different ways. Mm-hmm. And yours, I feel like deep down is journalism. I mean, you are such a whiz with words and now you're getting to have these opportunities mm-hmm. that God has placed in your past that really probably wasn't what you expected, mm-hmm. but now it's tailored to you specifically mm-hmm. and it's given by God. And I think that's just an awesome thing to kind of recognize from that. That's so good because that plays into, even just with that verse, I keep thinking of the verses around it, how it says, commit your way to the Lord and your plans will succeed. Like all those, that whole section is so important to like read together because it's like our desires have like changed. Our desires for what like God's placed on our heart. How do I even say that? I've been thinking a lot about how like, oh, I feel like I have to do certain things that are God's will that I don't want to do, that I never want to do. When in reality, the more I get closer to him, the more our desires match up. And I'm even learning, like you said, like from the beginning, there are certain like qualities about me, there are certain aspects about me, there are certain qualities about you and aspects about you that like God always made so that it can develop into this desire that he has for us, you know, to live out. And so like, how important is that to commit our way to God and seeing him grow in that? I would have never guessed that it's turned into like, oh yeah, like, oh, I'm good at doing speeches in class in high school and college, I enjoy doing that. Oh, wait, now I'm talking in front of students. Now, oh, wait, now I want to do it in a different, bigger level of like, oh, like I'm good. It's just, it's, it's crazy how God uses those things, those simple things of like things we're good at and, and he, his intentions are so much greater. But it's for us to even like let go of it. Like, okay, wait, um, to let go and trust him in that. And even to realize, okay, he's not giving you these talents and giftings for no reason. Like, like I think it goes into, um, the shape analogy, S-H-A-P-E, mm-hmm. spiritual gifts, heart, passion, abilities, personality, and experiences. Like that's how we're able to feel like, figure out God's will for our lives. And when like, we can figure out, okay, what are these five different areas and how has God worked me and made me and shaped me into this person? And then what job best suits that right now? Unless he's calling me somewhere else, that is how we can um, make some decisions and stuff. So, Okay, so let's move on to number four. Don't be afraid to move back home and I even put or move in with a healthy family. So what do you think the lie is there that comes up when we talk about moving back home after college? I think it kind of a lot of people think that they're going to look unsuccessful or they're going to look weak or they're going to look like they're just bumming off their parents, to be honest. And I think a lot of people, it just makes them look like they didn't accomplish anything because the main goal when you go off to college, like everybody has in their head, like, oh man, I'm going to go get a degree. and I'm going to go make a name for myself, or I'm going to go start my own journey, or I'm going to go do my own thing and be independent. But I think in the back of our heads, we're always like, we feel this fear that like we can't move home mm. because it makes us look a certain way, or we can't go back to our family because it looks like we're needy or we need them to help us. Like we can't survive on our own. Um, so I think that's been something that really kind of was in my head a lot, but I ended up moving back home. 
Mm-hmm. And I realized that all of those really are lies. And so, yeah. What was it like moving back home? Yeah, I think it was definitely something I did not want to do. Mm-hmm. Um, when I was, you know, getting ready to end my senior year, I was bound determined I was staying in the city. I was bound determined I was getting my own place. And it was because I was stubborn and independent. And I wanted to do that. Like, I did not want to come back home because it just, I felt like it was not where I wanted to be. And I learned very quickly, it's not about me. Mm-hmm. And my parents were also, you know, they were very open about it too. And I think they just were kind of very wise in the way of saying, okay, well, we need to look at this realistically. Can you afford this right now? Like you are on a teacher's salary, you know, that's the past, you know, I had already gotten my job and they were like, can, is this realistic for you? And after thinking about it, like it wasn't, it wasn't wise for me to try to go do this on my own. And so moving back home, they were very, you know, accepting and open of that. And I think they also realized that it's not going to be the same that it was in high school. You know, I'm a grown adult, I have my own job, and they were giving me that space that I needed. And so it ended up working out really well. But I also battled with it for all three years that I lived there because I still in the back of my head did not want to. Mm -hmm. And that was the thing too. And that was when I really started as soon as I moved back home, I started a prayer that I prayed for three years for God to provide me with a place of my own. Mm-hmm. And I thought that was never going to end. <laughs> I thought, man, come on. But I mean, it was, I mean, very diligent. And I was like, because I really, this is a desire of my heart. But those three years, although I prayed that it helped me a lot. I mean, like I said, I was able to make double payments on my student loans. I was able to get a new car. I was able to really just connect more with my family than I probably would have if I would have lived by myself in a different city. And, you know, I think a lot of people, I mean, we had a great family relationship and, you know, it was never hindered or anything, but it also just allowed me to appreciate them more as an adult. And Mm -hmm. so being able to go back and do that, but it was definitely was not easy and it was tough. And so I had to battle in my head a lot about those lies that were literally just kind of, taking over my, my mentality. And so, yeah, it was tough, but it was definitely something that I don't think people should be afraid of. And I think it's okay to feel those feelings of, I don't want to do this and to like, it's normal. So just being able to accept that. That's so good. Yeah. Especially like when you've spent four years or five years, whatever, how many years you spent in college on your own, going back home is hard. Okay. Even like I just like no going for the weekends, going for a few months, whatever it is, like those can be like, all right, time to go. Cause like you've been living your own life, doing your own thing, like coming in when you want, doing whatever. So just transition that to come back to mom and dad's place. And like, that's difficult. And for some people, maybe your parents will be like, oh, okay, I want a little bit of rent or I need help with this bill or whatever it is. Like everyone's home situation is going to look different. But if you are, if you do have the ability to be able to stay in, at home, like do it. Like that will help you so much, especially I, I, something I thought of too, as you were talking of like, just how you were able to just cherish your parents. You said that more at the end of like, yeah, like what it meant to be an adult and be their child. Like a lot of us who um, are single, we get to be able to spend um, extra time with our parents 
as, as a single adult, that makes sense. Like, because when you get married, you kind of move, you have your own family doing your own thing. It looks differently. Like, yeah, you get to experience them as an adult, but like when you get to be under their roof and they get to learn who you are as an adult, who you've become through college and like what guys do in your life, it's a level of respect that comes in both ways, but also just a difference in like a view of seeing your parents of like, oh wait, they actually did go through this stuff. They may know what they're talking about. Or the flip side, depending on their situation, they may, they may not know what they're talking about. Like, that's sometimes a thing, too, of like, okay, my parents were my heroes, but now I realize they're just humans who love me. You know, like, that is a big thing to remember, too. Um, I think something to keep in mind as well for those of you who are either like me, who did not have the privilege of being able to move home because I was two hours away from my family. That's okay, too. Like, being able to find a full affordable housing. Like, I was a, I was a few streets from our campus. Um, but, yeah, it's, if you can't, if you can't, if you can afford it and you are not able to um, be at home, like, we're not saying you have to. We're saying if you are able to, then do it. Um, and then for those families who, for those people who, like, have a really unhealthy family situation. Like we are not saying go back to abusive homes. We're not saying doing any of that. Like if you can um, pray for and even look for like a healthy family, maybe from your church or from good people you know of that you can actually stay with for a while, like as a way to save money, as a way to even learn about what healthy family means. Like that would be a huge step and a huge area of growth in your own life, especially as you're navigating the hard mess of being outside of school. You know, so that could be a great place instead of going back to, the unhealthiness of home. So there's so many options um, that come up when it comes to being outside of school. It's not just like go move to New York, get a job, move, get a big um, like condo apartment. Like I don't know anyone who does that. Like that is just not normal. These movies are all lies. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's so true. I think too, just the biggest thing is to understand that it's okay to ask for help because I feel like so many, especially when you graduate college, I mean, you just think like, this is it. Like uh, it's time for me to be on my own, like, and all of that. And I think just understanding that it is okay to ask for help. And like she said, exactly. If your family is not in the right way to help you positively, then find somebody that can, mm -hmm. whether it's maybe another member of your family, if you have aunts or uncles that have always been supportive or that are open to you, or even if it's a friend, it just find somebody that can help you and support you in a positive way in this transition because it's tough. Mm -hmm. That's so real. That's so good. Okay, so we've gone through the first four. It will be hard and that's normal is number one. Number two was student loan debt. Pay it off, okay? Don't hold back paying pay it off. Pay it off as soon as possible. Number three, don't expect your dream job. Y'all, it's okay not to have it. You will survive. Number four, don't be afraid to move back home or move in with a healthy family. And now we're going to switch to number five, which is like kind of in the middle, kind of at the end, but it's a rough one. It's kind of a big one, right? Ooh, friendships will change. I'm going to say that one more time. Friendships will change. Okay. So, Kim, what comes to your mind when you first read this? Oh, truth. Um, I think 100%. I definitely, the community, not essentially your community, but even the people that you hung out with in college are not going to necessarily be the people you hang out with after you know you graduate because everybody is going kind of their separate ways mm. and i feel like when you are separating there's either one of two choices you're going to invest in that friendship or it's just going to kind of end mm. and like i'm kind of looking at some of the notes here but it's like some will grow and some won't mm -hmm. and so it's kind of based off of 
that choice and how intentional you are is if you want to continue to grow that friendship or if it's going to kind of just be one for that season. Mm-hmm. That's what I've been, I've been really studying about friendships a lot in Proverbs, especially because they talk a lot about that. And yeah, one of the biggest things that I heard in, a, in another podcast I was listening to are some friendships are meant for a season and some are meant for a lifetime. And Natasha and I talked about kind of this analogy of the tree and like, who are your rooted friends and who are your ones on the branches and who are your leaves that sometimes will come and go. And I think it's so important to understand that things are going to look different than when you had in college, you're not going to be able to hang out with your friends till midnight and just have a girl's night and you're stepping into real life. And that means you're stepping into real friendships and they're either going to continue to grow and be intentional or they're going to start to fade out. Oh my gosh. Yes. Yeah. So that tree analogy, it came from my friend Ashley. I don't know where she got it from. So I'll just like credit that later. But yeah, I love that analogy so much. So I have all these different friend groups, right? Like I have to share with them each one of them, every single time something happens with me, every single time I go on through something, every single, every, it's just like, it was getting exhausting. It was getting tiring. And in reality, everybody's going to react differently and not everyone's going to understand and everyone's going to have an opinion. And so who are the friends in certain seasons where I need to go through, through certain things with, or who are the other friends in certain seasons I need to go through other things with, you know? And so I think that was, a, that was a big um, thing I needed to learn. And, and, and I am still learning about like, okay, like, I don't have to tell all my friends this stuff. Like, only some of my friends that I'm really going through it right now are the ones that I'm going, like, I can actually go through it with. And then, like, so back to the tree analogy, just thinking about, like, okay, yeah, the rooted friends are those lifelong friends, the ones that I tell everything to that held me down, like, all that stuff. And then you have that, like, bark or whatever. And it's like, okay, these are the ones that are still solid, but I don't, like, necessarily talk to, like, all the time. Um, but they're still, like, like there for me in the hard times. The branches just like, oh, we like we see each other every once in a while. They're still they're still more there for me um, than the leaf, but they're still like not there as much, you know, I don't call them as much or whatever. And then the leaves are just friends that come and go. They're like great for a season, they're fun and this is that, but like it slowly rots and falls off. And like and that's okay. It doesn't have to be this big like breakup or this big whatever. I mean sometimes it is depending on how tight the friendship was, but for me, I, what's been helping me lately is realizing that letting those leaves go. So I've been trying to climb that tree and hold on to those leaves that I'm trying to like break. And it's like, no, it's okay for me to let those leaves go. It's not about like, oh, I'm a ghost them. Blah, 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 or No, it's like, okay, they're, they're not making the effort that I'm making in this friendship. And that's okay. So I'm going to let it go. And even that, like you people sometimes grow into this, right? They go from being a root in one season to a bark to a, a branch, to a leaf. Um, and that's okay. And we're, and we're actually doing that to other friends too. Like we're growing out of that friendship as well. If it's, if that makes sense, but I just kind of talked all over the place. No, I love that so much. And it's so true. And I think that even the older we get, it's like the more we're starting to really understand that. And I think this is another question I hear from tons of young women, whether they're in college or getting ready to graduate is the big thing about friendships. And they're like, how do I really find good friendships? And I think a lot of it stems from how you even started that friendship in the first place. You know, what was the thing that brought you and that friend together and have you continued to expand on that and grow in that? And it's like, I think about our friendship and it's like, for me, you know, you're one of those rooted friends because we started our friendship based in our faith and we really have been able to grow together in that and be there for each other for the good and the bad. And, but we've also found passions and things that we have similar as we've continued to grow in that friendship. And I think, really looking at your friends and thinking, okay, well, how did we start this friendship? And how have we grown in this friendship? And if you're realizing that, okay, 
we started here, but now we haven't grown in that really. And maybe we're just starting to kind of grow differently in different directions. I think you need to be okay with that. Like you said, it doesn't have to be a big fallout where you call and you're crying on the phone. It can just simply, you know, just kind of where you're just stop talking and then things kind of go out. And if it comes to the surface, you can just kind of be real with each other, be honest and be mature about it mm-hmm. and not have to turn it into drama. And I think that especially when we're getting older, we're realizing we don't want drama. <laughs> so just being honest and mature in our conversations and just mm-hmm. being, you know, honest about it. So, so what do you do when it's a friend that like is really like you were like super close to and it's like, a, it's not like an easy, like they go from a root to a leaf in like literally a year, you know, like what, like, what do you think, what comes to your mind when you think of that type of friendship, you know? I love that question. Um, I think, I mean, one of the biggest things that I have done, and I've kind of went through this a little bit within the season, is I've really been seeing, you know, who are the people that have been there for me? And who are the people that are the leads right now in my life? And what I've done kind of in those friendships is I've really just kind of pushed it to the side and said, if this is something that is going to, you know, if God is intending us for to continue this friendship, or if this really is an intentional friendship, and maybe I'm missing it, it's time for one, me to set it to the side and see what's going to happen. But also for me to grow myself. Because a lot of times in this, I kept blaming the other person. And I was like, Oh, my gosh, they're doing this, this and this. But then I was looking at myself. And I'm like, Okay, well, how did I respond? How was I a friend in this situation? And kind of how did I respond in that? And so as I'm learning more about how I want to be and how I should be in friendships, I'm looking at those ones and thinking, okay, can I get to that point with that person? Or is it time for me to just set it off to the side and be intentional in the ones that I really feel like I am being a friend in? Mm -hmm. And I'm kind of like, I mean, I'm I'm just pretty straightforward. I don't want to waste my time. And I feel like the order we're getting to, it's like, everybody wants to have friends. You want to have this big number. You want to have followers. And I see it on Instagram all the time. Everybody just wants people to be in their life, which is great. But when it comes to those true rooted friendships, you really have to be serious about it. Yeah. It makes me think of, okay, just the reality that like friendships are are literally made to sanctify us. Like they're literally made to help us get closer to the Lord and we made to, to grow us. And so there are some friends that like, we are going to be their roots and they're going to be our leaf, you know, like, and that's okay. Mm-hmm. Like being okay with like, okay, I don't like, I don't have to like, I look like even just like you said, putting it to the side, like putting it to the side doesn't mean that you don't care about them. Doesn't mean you don't call them on their birthday. Doesn't mean that you don't, um, doesn't mean you, you aren't there for them when they're going through something really hard. But it does mean that, like, you're being wise on, like, what what you give to them, like, what you share with them, like, what your expectations are with them. I think something else that really stuck out to me from, so for me, moving overseas or whatever, I was just like, I just got comfortable and just had all these great friends. I don't want no new friends. I don't want no new friends. And it's like, and, and some of that is because of unhealthy boundaries I had. I have to tell all my friends everything. I have to be there for all of them. Like, no. Who are the people I can lean on in this season? And so with me being overseas, I had to do a lot of leaning on the new friends I make here. You know? And so, like, even just thinking of as we get into other seasons, if you end up dating or whatever, if you're dating marriage or having kids, or even if it's, like, loss of job or um, getting a job or whatever it is, like, okay, who else can relate to you in those seasons and be there for you in those seasons? Like, that looks different. 
and that's okay too, you know? Um, so I think that that plays into a lot of like, yeah, your friendships, they change. Some of them keep getting tighter and keeping you thick. Like you say like Kim being the root, like, yes, that's stayed there. But like others definitely are, are switching places and that's all right. Um, so yeah, definitely keep, keep going after making new friends. We're going to talk about that a little bit more too, of like what that looks like to make new friends in this season. But um, you will, some of them will grow, some of them you'll lose. And then some new friendships we made, like don't fight it. Just realize that like everybody does not have to be a root. Does anything else come to your mind? I feel like I have to end this so much. <laughs> no, I, I think that was a mic drop moment. I mean, I love that. And I think the biggest thing too to take away is don't make if it's a forced friendship, then it's not a true it's not an intentional friendship. Like you shouldn't have to and I I struggle with that too. And sometimes I get in my head if I haven't talked to somebody in a while, I always feel like, Oh my gosh, I need to call them or like, Oh my gosh, I need to text them and I'm like I'm kinda of thinking too, like, but have they thought that about me? Like have they thought, Oh, maybe I should see how Kim's doing and so I just it shouldn't be forced and like and sometimes like one of my best friends from high school, like there will be times we don't talk for a long time, but like, that's how our, that's how we've developed in that friendship. It's like, mm-hmm. she's not somebody I have to talk to every day mm-hmm. and to like spill everything too, but she's always going to be one of those rooted friends because we've been there for the long haul. It's been there for years and we've grown and we know everything. And it's like, I don't think you need to, like, it shouldn't be forced and you shouldn't be so dependable on your friends because mm-hmm. that's going to kind of cut in and ruin your friendships too a little bit so just keep it a little more open and free and really just allow for that friendship to develop and grow along the way through prayer and through Mm -hmm. work honestly I mean you gotta put in what you put in you're gonna get out Mm -hmm. and even recognizing too like as we're saying this we're 27 years old so some of you guys I'm hoping hoping that people said this to some of their friends, daughters, students, whoever, who just graduated and stuff. So you guys are what, 21, 22, maybe 23 or something like that. Like, so it's, this does not mean that you need to cut off all your friends. This does not mean you just start from blank or whatever. Like you won't know which ones are what friends until you get to those different seasons. Right. And so like you, you, you the first like whole year out of school is going to look a lot different than the fifth year out of school. So just keep that in mind that like, okay, we're speaking from having lived this, um, out four, five years out of school. And like having seen some of this, so like we're just doing this as a as a warning, as like a um, not a disclaimer, but as a a way just to prep you all of like okay, when your friendships do change, it's okay, and it's also okay to mourn that. It's also okay to be sad, like dang, she used to be my homie, she used to be the girl we talked to all the time, and now sometimes it's like maybe she switched up, or maybe they changed, or maybe whatever it is, like maybe you've changed, whatever it is, like it's okay to mourn that. And then um, after the morning, it becomes it comes in like Kim was saying, the accepting it and moving forward into the, those other friendships. So, yeah. Okay, number six, your schedule looks different. This one came from you, Kim. So go ahead and share. What do you mean by your schedule looks different? All right, um, I'm gonna be honest. You don't get to nap as much as you did in college. That's the first <laughs> thing you need to understand. Um, <laughs> I felt like, um, my schedule when I was in off season, you know, we were both college athletes. And so when we were in season, we really had busy schedules and we had to really kind of understand time management and how to get things done. But I felt like in my off season, which is a lot of normalcy for non-college athletes, your schedule was so flexible 
that you really could be open to doing anything and you kind of just did what you wanted. And when you graduate and you step into a full-time job, you don't get to do what you want all the time uh, because you're going to have priorities. You're going to have responsibilities. You're going to have things that you're expected to do from your boss. And it's not an option, you know? And I felt like sometimes in college too, some assignments would be like, oh, I'll just blow this off or, oh, I'll just give class because I don't like this person. Like, I feel like college was just such, it's such a crazy, like, free, independent time of life where you kind of just do what you want, but also balancing your priorities too. So it's like, once you get out, you have to understand that there are things that you have to do. Like you have to show up to work or you're going to get fired. You have to get your tasks done or you're not going to get the promotion or the things that you want to strive for. Mm. And outside of that, outside of your responsibilities, then you can time manage things that you want to do. If you really want to continue, if you want to take a nap, schedule <laughs> it. Like You can. If you want to continue going to that workout class or continuing to do the friend, like you have to really start prioritizing things instead of just doing them the way that you want. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah. That workout thing is real for those ex athletes. Y'all it ain't no scheduled uh, practice time. You got to work out on your own. Okay. <laughs> that is, Ooh, that is tough. I took time off. Cause I was like, I've been doing, I've been doing workouts ever since I was probably around five years old from five all the way to 22. I've never had an off season please like i was like i'm fine but so for me i'm actually the opposite when you come when it comes to your schedule changes because so for me in school um yeah i had i had a sport and everything but like my sport ended up transitioning from volleyball to track right and so that so that happened sophomore year so that was two so that was two seasons automatically and then for um, track when i did it full time it was just all it was basically all year and so like that on top of, I was overly committed to a lot of activities. So I, so I had very few, t- very few times just to do nothing. So I just remember the piece I would have when I would have nothing to do or like I would be doing my laundry by myself and like watching like some random show or whatever. Like it was so different. So for me, when I got out of school and I started doing, I'm working full time, it was strange. I was like, wait, I have all these hours and my job is like random time sometimes or whatever. Sometimes it could be like a 12 hour day. Sometimes it could be five hour day, seven hour, whatever. Um, three hour, even some, if everyone cancels on me. Um, but like it, so like I can have these random times of like not needing to do any work. And so it was like, Oh wait, what do I enjoy doing? What do I need to do to keep healthy? What do I actually have the time and space and freedom to do now that I don't have the African American Student Union and the Harambe Magazine and Humble Dance Ministry and oh wait, somebody's birthday is coming up and at least in action and like and those literally you guys those were an actual thing all five things I did and I'm pretty sure I left some things out like <laughs> so and that and, and that was with like friends and stuff like yeah so for me it was really different so it was funny how you said with like oh you're not gonna stay up till twelve o'clock when it comes to friends I was like oh I've done that way more like I did that in college too but I did, I've done that even more outside of school just because I've had time like there's actually space to join the life group from church there's actually space to for me to do the the, the things I love the hobbies the writing the blog and to read y'all I read books for fun now like 
oh my gosh, like I don't have to read this textbook or some crappy book they give us that we that they say is a is a award winning when it really no one likes it. Example, Frankenstein cannot stand that book. Like we had to read that in high school. I'm like, this is not a fun book. This is not like the movie. This is so terrible. Why is and then my mom my mom's an avid reader and she's like, Yeah, that book is trash. Like it's just talking about the land most of the time, but Anyways, now I'm able to actually find out what I enjoy and find out more about myself or whatever. And like, really, I have no excuse to, but to spend time alone with the Lord. I have no excuse because I have plenty of time, right? So like, depending, like, I love how it's two different perspectives. Like, depending on what it is, both of our lives were, were different and are different. But it's like, okay, you can still, you, you have time to be able to find, um, yeah, to find out what you enjoy. Like, I love seeing my friends, some of my friends pick up the guitar or some of my friends, like one, like one of our friends, Lydia, is really good with instruments. She can naturally just learn stuff. And so she's been teaching herself the piano, you know, she's been, and so it's like, okay, what else? Another friend of mine in quarantine was, pre, was teaching herself German. I'm like, that's fine. You'd be great. Shout out to Benji. Like, <laughs> it's just, so like, what, what can we do? What can you do? Like, what do you enjoy? Um, and that's even where you can meet your friends at. Like you can meet them at a gym at the gym class. You can meet them at a writing group. You can meet them um, at uh, I can't even think of like different uh, things you can do together. Now it's like everything's virtual, so you can meet them on virtual stuff with their virtual Bible studies and everything. Like there's so much, so many places you can meet like adult friends and adult friends all ages now. Just a heads up, but yeah, <laughs> yeah. And I love too how um, when we talk about really trying to find those passions and what are our hobbies now that we're out of college. And like, even when I was in the off season, I had that free time. I really don't feel like I developed any additional hobbies. It was mm -hmm. just kind of time standing still. And it was, mm -hmm. yeah. And it was like, you know, you had things that you were obligated to, but it was like in your free time, you just didn't really know what to do. And mm -hmm. I think that's been really cool. And even though we have like different, experiences outside of college I feel like we both have kind of started learning more about our passions as we've gotten older and I think that that's been really cool and especially during this time I mean I've just been able to develop some passions that I didn't have and it's like I had actually my um, cousin who's in high school she's a junior she actually I saw her outside obviously social distancing she was at her grandma's house who lives beside me and we were like sitting on the porches like way across from each other and she said so what are you doing up in that apartment like don't you get bored? And I was like, no, I don't. Because there have been things that I have just really grown in and like passions and things that just really, you know, consume my time. And they're things that I actually enjoy doing. And I think that that's, it's really fun too to just allow that to be open and try new things, try new things. That's a big thing that I was so afraid to do. Like I didn't want to go to that workout class because I didn't know anybody or I didn't want to join on that virtual Bible study because I didn't know anybody. But once I did those things, and like you said, I mean, you could develop friendships and community out of that that you didn't even know were possible. And okay. so just being open and trying new things and really just allowing yourself to experience, oh, I think yeah. is big. Yeah, I think there was a good, like, it's a good mixture of like, yeah, you will have a job that is consistent. You will have someone that you need to report to, that you need to get things done with, that you will not have depending on what job you have, you won't have the time that you used to have, especially for us. Like if you're, yeah, you, you won't have all the time that you will, but at the same time, there will be time and space. If you have a normal, like nine to five ish type of job, or whatever, where you will have a lot of time um, that, that does not require work. 
It doesn't require extracurriculars. It doesn't require for athletes. It doesn't require sports. So it's like, okay, wait, what have you always wanted to do? What have you always wanted to learn? Like shout out to Kelsey Berrien. One of the things that I love about her is that when she was done with volleyball and done with school and everything, she was done. And so she went, she just started like sketching and started like, like things that I'm sure she always done, but she started posting it. And like it, it's even um, done some like um, art shows and things like that. Like, I love that. And that inspired me. of like, yeah, I don't have to identify as an athlete 24 seven anymore and show everybody that I like, Oh, I'm so fit. Like, no, like I do still play. Well, when I'm in the States, they don't have volleyball as big here, but I do still play or whatever, but it's not my identity, you know, it shouldn't have been that, that either. Or I do still go for runs, but it's not fast. Like I do still like, um, what else do I do? Or even just like being like, if I think a fun part about being a retired athlete is that we can try new things, new sports, like being able to rock climb with the people from my church, shout out to um, Sanctuary Columbus Church. Like I love that. That was so much fun. It was a a workout that was challenging and it was hard, but it was fun. And we would have deep conversations and meet people and do all this stuff. It was dope. Like, um, yeah, it was, it's just fun to be able to, to experience new things. I love how you said that new things. And what for you, one of the things I love about you so much, Kim, is that you are a travel person. Like you have been traveling since forever. And, I, and it's just encouraging. Like, yes, if we have the means, we need to get out and go places. We need to do stuff. Like, yeah, that's so true. I, yeah, traveling is definitely a passion of mine. And I love traveling with different people too. And just being able to experience because I feel like there's so sometimes we get stuck in a bubble. And I'm telling you, like, even like where like I come from, like people are stuck in a bubble. And it's like, we need to be able to get out of that bubble, experience the world, experience people in the world and understand, you know, that not everybody's the same and that there's differences out there. And it's awesome to appreciate it and accept it. And I think you just have really got to be open to that too, especially the older you get. So not being afraid to jump out of your comfort zone, out of your bubble. But Yes. Ah, that's so good. All right, Kim. So before we move on, what are some of the things, because you've hinted at it, but I'm curious, what are some of the things that you picked up during quarantine? Oh, this is fun. Um, okay. One thing I love essential oils. This is really funny because I, being a teacher, like I love the aesthetic of them. Like I've always been a candle girl, like light the candle. That's, yes. Okay. Yes. Um, I, Natasha was showing me her essential oil. So that makes me <laughs> excited. Um, but I, a friend of mine, actually, um, if you know, Mike and Caitlin Greenwell, um, I have been connecting with Caitlin and I support them in their ministry too. So she was just talking about, you know, young living essential oils and she was just really hitting it hard. And I'm like, girl, I want to check out these oils. Like I've loved essential oils, but I've never found them that are like, um, I just never thought they were authentic until you really get a good brand. And so I became a member and I've got my diffuser and my oils over there and I'm building my collection and I'm just like learning so much about it. It's just really cool because I wouldn't have time to do that outside of this. And I'm being able to teach other people and make rollerball blends and things like that. So that's been really fun. Um, like I said, I've been taking a lot of virtual fitness classes, which has been cool um, and trying some new things. Um, through Rockstar Wellness, which is my fitness studio. They're awesome. And it's been really fun to just have community through that too. And it's really awesome to do a workout in your house, but it being live. Because one, I don't have to drive into town, which mm -hmm. takes a lot of time. 
and it's just in the comfort of your home. It's just pretty cool. And it doesn't matter if you look ridiculous because no one's going to see you. So <laughs> that's been fun. Um, yeah. And I mean, other than that, you know, just being able to try new recipes. I like to bake um, and cook chicken parmesan. Every time we talk, I'm cooking chicken parmesan. But yeah. I'm, not, <laughs> I'm not right now. I'm not right now. Um, but yeah, baking, trying new things. Oh my gosh. Yeah, they tease me about that so much. Um, Cause y'all, cause every time, yeah, and the <laughs> like, we're like, oh, what are you making, chicken parmesan? Oh, what are you making? Oh, I make, I make chicken parmesan. Is it the only thing you eat? <laughs> it was funny because she didn't even know she said it last time. So she was like, oh, really? <laughs> I know. Yeah, you you start to find things you love, and then you just master it and repeat it. <laughs> That's great. Um, I'm I'm stepping my game up for my husband. And yourself trying to do that um <laughs> yeah but i think um most importantly and which is gonna i kind of think tag along with our last thing we'll talk about but i just really have been giving a lot of time to my personal relationship with god and i think it's been so cool and i've heard i mean i feel like every sermon that i've listened to or people that i talk to everybody focuses and says this seriously is such a reset time and it's a time that God is stepping in and pausing this normal that we think we've been living for ever. And it's like, it's time to really consider, you know, what is normal and how can we develop into a new normal and how can we do that in our faith and how can we continue to grow in that? And so it's been really cool uh, to be able to experience that. And I've been able to connect in a really cool way with the community um, through a girl that I follow on YouTube and she created, she does weekly Bible studies. That's been really cool. I've been able to speak in that uh, to women. And then she's created a Facebook group that has about 4,000 women in it. Mm -hmm. And it's just really just an awesome community. And I think if we wouldn't have had this time, you know, these girls wouldn't be able to be a part of that and to be able to get encouragement and it's fun actually being one of the elders in the group and it's weird saying elder because I'm 27 but <laughs> these girls these girls are so young and but I just love seeing their hunger and I love seeing them ask questions and advice and so I think this time has just really opened a lot of opportunity um, to really grow in faith and be intentional with people and it's been really awesome to experience that but no, that's good. Yeah. So let's, yeah, that's a perfect transition into the next, um, the last one. You're in, you're not in college anymore. You need Jesus more than ever. And so we talked about this as if like, just so you all know, um, Kim and I were both in Athletes in Action together in college. And there was also a crew on our campus and everything. And so like, we were in a very, um, and I was also part of gospel choir. So I had like some friends from there. And so like, we had a lot of Christian friends, like a, a lot of our friends are also not Christian, but like we had a Christian community, I should say. And so um, that's the perspective that we're kind of coming from. So for Kim, Kim, for you, how did that switch up when you left college? Like, what was your walk with the Lord like after you left college? Yeah, I think this is also something that is so important, especially, um, and this is a question a lot of younger girls ask too, and they ask so much about community. And this is actually what I spoke on in that Zoom meeting was I was talking about community and the importance of it. And I think first, finding that base in college, because once you experience community, then you really want to strive to grow and find that again. And I think that can be a blessing, but it can also be something that stresses you out because that's what happened to me. 
I experienced this incredible community and I was on fire for God and I wanted to grow and I had all these people that were constantly there. And moving back home into an area where I knew I had people, you know, I had my parents and I had like some friends, but I didn't really have a home church either that we were planted into. And going back into that where it wasn't a bad community, it wasn't a bad community, it just really wasn't much of a community. Mm. And it was difficult to transition into that because I think my expectation was that I was going to come home, I was going to find this awesome church, I was going to lead a small group. And it was like Mm. all these things I did in college, I immediately thought that was going to transfer with me and it didn't. And it really struggled and it hindered my personal relationship because I didn't feel that desire anymore. I didn't have the diligence that I did in college because I didn't have people around me continuing to encourage me and stuff. And I think I also realized that I was relying a lot on those people Mm -hmm. and I really wasn't truly serving the Lord for myself. And I had to learn in those years of not having that community, I really started to learn, okay, well, this really is about me and God. Mm. And I've got to get right with that first before I can really start allowing people to kind of come in, not allowing people to come in, but just getting back into that full-time community where it's like, I was relying so much on everybody else to build me up in my faith. Like I needed to be built up in my faith one-on-one. So that I can go into community and build others up too. Mm -hmm. And which has led me also in three years of praying for that. I also was spent three years praying for a church and I found it, you know, and I got it um, in October of 2018 and I got my mom and dad to go with me. And we've been very committed to that church ever since. And it's been an awesome church to grow in. It's been an awesome church community. And I've been able to stem from that a little bit. So I think the biggest thing with community is don't put pressure on yourself to feel like you immediately have to sprint to it because that's something I learned the hard way. And I just was like, I don't know, I struggled so hard and I just kept trying to live in the past. And I kept trying to live in that world of athletes in action and in that world of that Bible study I was leading because that's what was bringing me fulfillment. And I realized very quickly that that's not going to fulfill you hundred percent. Is it needed? Absolutely. I believe, you know, you need community, you need people in your life, but it shouldn't be the thing that's fulfilling you mm-hmm. outside of that. That's good. And so no matter what, I love how you said that, Kim, of like, first, okay, where is your walk with God? Like, by yourself. Like, did you depend on these people so much that your walk with God is disappeared? And if that's the case, then that's the perfect place to start of like, okay, Lord, you and me. And then from there, being like, okay, Lord, so I know you've not called me to just have this, this faith for myself. So how can I like live it out with others? And like praying, like, I love how you did that, Kim. You prayed about community. You prayed about for the people around you. You prayed about for where you should go and stuff. I, I think I should have prayed a lot more in the beginning when I was like, oh, this must be the church. This must be the church. And I get to all this hurt and stuff. Maybe God would have still had me there, but it was just like, I think I fell so in love with like, this is it. This is going to be it, just like college. And it's like, no, I'm getting that just like, fill in the blank out of your head. Like it's not going to be just like fill in the blank. And that's the rest of our lives. Like our single season is not going to be like our married season or even single in our twenties. It's not going to be like single in our thirties and that's okay. So our community in college is not going to be like our community outside of college. And that's okay too. Um, so yeah, so I think that's just really good to keep in mind. It's like, okay, especially for those of you if you're in ministry spaces and stuff, like 
or, it, or even if you're not, if you just happen to be in Christian circles or whatever it is, um, making sure that you find community that is healthy for you in this season. Um, that's good for you in this season. And if you're, I, I just can't get over, can't get over that, Kim. If you are like Kim, like um, just being real of like, wait, I was relying a little bit too much. Like, what does that look like for you to um, spend alone time with the Lord? And also don't feel like you have to go back and be in the same community you were when you were growing up. Mm. Because my church that I went to, it shut down when I was younger and like we didn't have a church for a while. And, but that was a church that I, I mean, I could tell you a mile away would not feed me spiritually because it was not, it was boring. There wasn't anybody my age. We were, mm-hmm. you know, I mean, it was just, I couldn't connect to it. And so if you are somebody too, that is going home and if your parents are planted, if it's like your family church and stuff, and if you feel like you're forced to go back into that, you know, kind of just be honest with your parents or really have a conversation and say, this is great and I'll keep going, but I need to find community for me too. Mm. And I think that's a big part to really just recognize and talk about too, and not be afraid to have that conversation. I think that's so good because a lot of people, I feel like they have to go back to that church they grew up in. Like they found Jesus in college finally. And now it's like, okay, so now, now, now this church will make sense. And it's like, Oh, maybe you just never liked it. Like maybe it just wasn't your cup of tea. And that's okay. It doesn't mean that it's heresy or that it's a hot mess or anything. It's like, no, it's just not made for you. And so, and even, even the respect I love that you gave for your parents of like, yeah, okay, this church, like, or that you're suggesting they give, like this church is like great in a lot of ways, but I need something else. And so some parents may take that really offensively. So even just slowly um, be like, Hey, so I'm going to, I'm going to start going to this other Bible study for my friend's church, you know, like, and then slowly making those efforts. And sometimes those are hard, hard cuts. Um, yeah, we have some friends, whatever, who struggle with that, of like going to different churches and they're accused of all types of things. It's like, no, this is your walk with the Lord. You need to do what's best for your growth with him. This is not like, um, I hate when people say like, oh, this is my walk with the Lord. I can do whatever I want. Okay, wait, pause. Like, we're not talking about that. It's like, how can you best grow into knowing Jesus and to living it out? And if it's not in that church, it's okay for you to move on. You know, like if God is calling you to be there for a while, then God's calling you. But there's a difference of God calling you and your parents calling you. God calling you, God convicting you and your parents convicting you and making you feel bad. Like there is difference. It's not be guilt with the Holy Spirit. Okay. It's a, it's a, it's a, um, it's a uh, encouragement. It's a whisper. It's a nudge. It's not a force. Um, so not, yeah. So we'll, we'll get to that another time, but, but yeah, that's real. That's a really good like thing of like a really good thing to point out. Like the fam, the home church, the family church, grandma's church is great for grandma, but not great for not great for grandkids. Is there anything else? So those are the seven. These those are the seven things that they don't tell you before you graduate. So I'm hoping this is helpful for you. Like I'm gonna run through them really fast again. Number one, it will be hard, and that's normal. Two, your student loan debt, pay it off ASAP. Three, don't expect your dream job. Be okay with working outside of your major. Four, don't be afraid to move back home or with a healthy family. Five, friendships will change, and that's okay. Six, your schedule, it looks different. Pick up some hobbies. And seven, you're not in college anymore. You need Jesus more than ever. Is there anything else you want to leave with the people, Miss Kimberly and Possible? <laughs> I hate when I first called um, you. I- <laughs> Oh my gosh, I know. Yeah, you're like one of 
two people that call me that, which is really funny. So, um, no, I mean, I think this is so important. And if you have listened to this, I really hope that we've been able to encourage you in some sort of way, because we're speaking based off of experience, Mm -hmm. to be honest, and things that we have went through and kind of how God has either directed us in a certain way or changed things in our past. And so um, I think it's really crucial, especially this is so important. I mean, it, life can be hard and it's definitely something not meant to, meant to work by yourself on and it's not meant to walk alone. So just really take these to heart and see how you can apply them into your life. But good stuff here. So Thank you so much, Kim, for being on Noted by Natasha and Friends. I appreciate you in real life as my friend. You're one of the roots. <laughs> oh my goodness. Yes, thanks for having me.